Welcome back to episode four of uh, Brand Beats. I'm Andrew Yanisic, creative lead here at Basic Agency. Ryan Vansel, designer of things. Gladys Becerra, designer of stuff. <laughs> Erwin Hines, associate creative director. Of stuff. Yeah, so um, we were just discussing a few things around what we think is kind of lacking in, in some of the the education um, of, of the in the design world, and so we just wanted to open forum, kind of throw out a, a few ideas for things to kind of prepare the next the next wave of designers as they as they get to <laughs> kill themselves in this design world. Yeah, uh, I don't I I don't know if we're gonna prepare them very well, more than scare them off. But... Just don't do it. <laughs> just, just don't be a designer. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> But I think we have some like pretty unique uh, point of view. I think we're gonna probably focus largely uh, on digital as how unfocused the material is as far as getting you prepared for what's actually going on in the industry. Me personally, I didn't go to art school. <laughs> I went to business school. Um, and then... How'd you get a job? I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, and then I went through one avenue after business school, marketing primarily. When I decided to get into the creative spectrum of it, um, I went back and took courses. It was so outrageously unrelatable to what you actually do. Like we were slicing Photoshop files. We were like doing the most absurd 1998 like website build that like would never serve you any purpose anywhere in modern web design. And I th I'm sure like there's plenty of institutions or even you get into like Skillshare or like any of these uh, people that are taking advantage of the fact that these over, uh, these these establishments that are charging way too money, way too much, <laughs> way too much. <laughs> <laughs> that are charging way too much money for you to get a piece of paper. That they're taking advantage of this scenario that these courses are outdated. The professors are underprepared. They haven't been in the industry for way too long. They don't understand what's c the current situation and what the needs are. That Skillshare or code school, like all of these sources that you can just honestly get a much better, more current education in our industry you're taking advantage of. But in general, like if you have a traditional route into this field, like you're gonna be outrageously underprepared for whenever you enter the workforce. Yeah, I do, I completely agree with that, but I also would argue the opposite, which is to say, it depends on the person completely which is like, if you go to a traditional school, like I wouldn't trade going to the Art Institute, at least the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, for anything. The because who, what, of where? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Where's that? Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, gotcha. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything just because of the traditional education that I got and the people that I met. Now there are some people that went to that school that didn't get jobs or whatever, or aren't um, working in the industry that they studied but it's all about how you apply yourself at that school. Because there are some people who go to, who look to Skillshare, but they might learn the techniques, but they actually aren't good designers. 
So they might be able to get a job somewhere, but they're not necessarily good designers. They're just kind of like good at making this or good at doing a Photoshop effect because they learned how to do a tips or tricks thing on Skillshare or whatever. To me, it does all depend on the person, but at the same time, there is a huge lack in the education system on taking it to the next level. Because right now, education basically prepares you all for print, print design. Like I learned cork, and this was in 2000, like. I learned cork. This was in like 2013 or something. No, you don't. <laughs> we like, like we were learning cork, and of course, InDesign and Adobe products, but we were learning old products that were mainly built for print. And to me, it's like a merger of both of those things. Just like we talked about in the last episode where it's this balancing act, where it can't just be you learn just from Skillshare unless you have some raw design talent, right? So, all right, so I need to hey. interject here because Erwin <laughs> has taken my- Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, My just... comment that Skillshare offers relatable, up-to-date courses is the fact that you shouldn't solely get your entire design education off of a website platform based on like hiring other designers to give you one very particular skill. That's yes. absolutely not what I was saying. No, I know. Um, I know, but I'm saying like, I'm I, saying I wouldn't want people to like it's hear. It's interesting that such yeah. a like radical form of education is providing more up to date. Oh yeah. Like in context courses than I agree with that. An in, like a, uh, industry or an establishment that charges you like $150,000 for outdated material. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but there, there definitely does need to be more of a focus on current digital systems, current digital trends. Yeah. And it's not, and we were even talking about it earlier where it's not like it can be something that you learn at the beginning. Like you can't learn the digital principles at the very beginning because it's something that changes so fast. So like if you learn it at year one and you're in there for four years or even three years, by the time you graduate, digital is gonna to be totally different and outdated. So it's almost like you need to learn your design principles and then that year four, year three, when you're about to graduate, you almost take a digital class. Where you or learn the trends. Or I mean, you that should be a given. Yeah. Every, you should do internships like yeah. as a thing. Like that should be a mandatory yes. thing. I, I, to me, like okay, one, I agree with everything. This is a portfolio-driven industry. You do not need to have to go through the no. the traditional route. So I'm an advertising major, you know, and um, I think that applies a lot to what I do conceptually. But I mean, really, the advertising degree is pointless. Like my advertising degree was like how to come up with concepts and not feel like shit when they get shot down. I essentially, when I get down to it. Um, I think being in being in school, like you were saying, uh, was really valuable for me because of the way I networked. I met a lot of people who I who introduced me to a lot of great people, and it was an opportunity to really make a lot of connections. And I did so, and that helped me out a lot. I think if I was to say one thing that most traditional design schools are missing right now is taste. Nobody has um, really a class around art appreciation and really reflecting on what worked about things. You often kind of get the fundamentals on how to create things, like how to make something, but you very rarely get a class that you take a look at, okay, what's the existing community look like? What are people doing? Why is it working? What are the things that, what are the approaches that they're using to make it successful? 
And without that kind of critical thinking about why specific pieces of art are doing well or not doing well, you really are just kind of copycatting for, for, the, for, the, for, for you know, the most part, or you're just um, designing to design. Like you're looking to dribble shit and yeah. you're like, I wanna just make something pretty. Yeah. Um, but really breaking down why it was successful is how you get the design mind into the strategic approach towards things. Yeah. And so that's, that's really, if I was gonna tell anybody anything, when we talk to our students who come in here, I go, dribble is great um, to look at like really high quality uh, aesthetic. You know, really high quality aesthetic, but you really need to break down what was it uh, that was successful about it. And, and that's something you should be doing to educate yourself if you're not getting it in, in wherever you're learning about artwork. Yeah, because if you're just regurgitating those skills you're seeing on Dribbble or whatever, it's not necessarily making you a better designer or a better creative. Yeah. It's just making you better at being a production creative sure. or just reproducing something that you've seen. Whereas, like you're saying, like for me, the reason I would always say like I really appreciate a school is because there was a lot of strategy that was kind of taught. Where it's like I took the art history class, I try and I try to take a lot of the psych classes and the history classes to understand the whys behind people behind the art. Right. And that why is what helps influence and makes, I guess, just in general, creatives want to push themselves even further. As opposed yeah. to just looking to dribble for inspiration and whatnot or whatever. Because yeah. I feel like there is a lot of creatives who maybe come out now who are just looking at things like dribble. Or maybe since, and I think we talked about this in our when we were talking about inspiration, which is like the means of production are so democratized where it's like anybody can have Photoshop, anybody can have these platforms. So then they go to design school and then they basically just design the same things they've seen on Dribbble without having the knowledge and the foundation and the understanding of traditional design and understanding that stuff. So there is this almost need to understand print design, but then there's this also this need to progress it and now understand where design is going. And that's sort of the, the bridge or the, the lack in the school system. Like understanding taste, yes, as the foundation, that's maybe something that should be taught. Like, when you first get into design school, let's reorient your taste so you understand like this, these are the things that are look good. Because even like when we're looking at designers, when we're gonna hire them, yeah, we look at their tumblers, we look at their Instagrams right. to understand like what is your actual taste. If you haven't done digital, at least if you have taste and you understand like typography, we'll 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 hire you, right? Um, as opposed to if you don't under, if you don't have taste and you have like good digital design, mm -hmm. then we might not even hire you. Yeah. It's it's that kind of balance of both. Yeah. And right now, I guess schools don't teach either one. Well, when I say taste, though, I just want to be clear. When I say taste, I don't just mean like what looks good. I mean yeah. what performs well. What yeah. did a good job at articulating a particular point yeah. for X, Z, and Y reason? You know, mm -hmm. and and being able to break that down because as soon as you understand that thought process, you'll be able to apply it. You know. The fundamentals you get in school are great. You can get those anywhere. You can get them on, you can get them on fucking YouTube yeah, for that matter. Uh, and that's what you're talking about. You can go on slides. There's a million people who have just been on, in whatever industry and had a knack for you know, art and, and just f figured out how to do it, like technically, and then they can apply it. Um, but there's the, the translation is like taking fundamental to concept and applying it. Yeah, I, no, totally. Honestly, I feel like we're getting off track of the like core like m like problem here is that yeah. sure any 
institution is giving us the core values of graphic design. Like that's not what's lacking. Yeah. Like there's no infinite amount of high or low cost sources to understand typography that's driven in everything that we do even in the digital space. Like obviously you can't be a digital designer if you don't understand core graphic design principles. It's the fact that there's a lack of resources for young people coming into this industry that need to know like right out of the gate like responsive grids. What does that mean? Like we should be emphasizing basic code, we should be emphasizing all of those essential assets that make you a good interactive designer. Yeah, and even past that, I think we should also be emphasizing content strategy. Like mm -hmm. understanding content, understanding wireframes, yes. understanding UX. To me, that's also a big lack. And maybe some schools are starting to do that. I know, for one, Hyper Island, they <laughs> do stuff and they focus on digital, but the reality is, when I was coming up in school, digital was big, digital was a thing, and we didn't learn anything about UX, wireframes, content strategy. We didn't learn anything about responsive. We learned Flash, and we learned how to build sites in Flash. Yes. And yes, Flash was popular at that time, but at the same time, like what are, yeah, what are we teaching the young people? Are we still teaching them just print and the basics of print, and we're not going past that? And that is a huge issue. Like even sometimes when we get people applying, they don't necessarily do any digital. They don't necessarily understand digital. They don't understand wireframes. They don't understand UX. They don't understand the lingo and the language that comes with digital design because it's a whole different language than what you have with print design. And they understand all of that language, but then all of the language when we're kind of in meetings and brainstorms and talking about this and that with digital, it completely uh, goes over their head. And that's not to the fault of them, it's to the fault of the education system, like you're saying. Well, I graduated like a year ago in May, and um, just based off of the professors, like schools hire professors, and they don't they don't care to like have them be very immersed in what's what's now, like what is the design that's happening now. Like I, some professors have been there for twenty years, and like that's all they do. They don't they don't necessarily practice design outside of teaching. It's just, they're just teaching and they're teaching things that they've taught for 10 years. Yeah. More, more um, immersed in the yeah. foundations than yeah. progressive. Yeah, and, and like, I'm on Irwin's side. Like, I am thankful I went to school. Like, I learned a lot. But at the same time, like, I took it upon myself to really get in, immersed in, like, what is web design? Like, I, I noticed it was, it was a thing. I noticed that I needed to learn it because I'm a designer. Like, you're a designer, you gotta design in general. Um, and I took it upon myself and it, it is based on like who you are and like what you wanna do, but at the same time, like you should be taught in school. Like you, you should at least get taught like the basics or like. Yeah, it shouldn't, yeah. there shouldn't be two separate paths. Yeah. Cause I know we even had like a web pathway in Art Institute and then we had like a design pathway. Right. Which is like, what's web versus design? Yeah. If I'm a designer, I should be able to do yeah, both. Yeah, so if you choose the web, what aren't you learning that's yeah, in the for design? Yeah, for design, exactly. <laughs> and like, luckily, 
So again, like the reason I appreciated my education is that there were like multiple teachers who were actually active in the fields that they were teaching. So like our illustration teacher was actually a really famous illustrator. And then our web teacher for our one web class and our illustration class, digital illustration class, he was actually designing websites, doing illustration. Then there was another person who ran an agency. So we actually got that real industry experience, but we still didn't have those web classes. And, and that's what you get at a private school. Like I went to San Diego State. I went to a public school. Like there's there's no like famous designers or anything. If you go to Art Center, like back in the day, you had Doyle Young. Like you have like <laughs> you practicing. Have, yeah, practicing. you have people that are actually like that are known, that have put stuff out there, that is known, that they've challenged things, like. For me, I just don't, I don't understand the gap. Like, who are these, like, people, these respected individuals, like, I'm straight firing shots here, like, who are, who, I feel like you should put, like, the like, pop, pop, pop. like, honestly, like, who, who are the people teaching mod, like students that are preparing them to go into the web design and still teaching outdated? Well, because I think like, it's like we said, digital techniques. digital moves so fast. I know that it's why? like it's so, yeah. like. But yeah. why are you teaching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it is like. But you have to remember. Okay, let's let's give a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Like almost all in industries, all all professions suffer from this the people who you come out of school and technology is moving faster than you can possibly teach people things. It's, it's kind of the handicap of all curriculum. Like if there's a curriculum, that means there has to be a set something so it's never bleeding edge, right? And bleeding edge is like what's currently happening. And, and that's why traditional education is never, again, it's just never everything. You have to have a mentor. You have, to, you have to be reaching out and getting the internship experience that you need to have because any job you step into, I don't care how proficient you are in the world, you are going to have a, an onboarding time where you have to like get your feet wet and learn how to do what you're doing. Now, that's not to say that like a lot of these systems we're looking at are, aren't archaic because most of them are. They, because it's inefficient for them to really, like you're saying, change their curriculum every year. Like it's gonna cost them money, most of them. And you're talking about private schools, these are all for-profit schools that aren't gonna really wanna do that. Um, unless they're, you know, but for the most part, it's like you have to do your part as a student to 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 stay on top of it. Get your fucking internship. Yeah. Get in there, get some on-the-job experience, yeah. like get a feel I for like what's I would say that's the most important part in this industry. Yeah. Get a mentor. I don't think we're gonna, like even from this conversation, obviously, we're not gonna change the education system. Like no one's no. gonna change or whatever, but it is, it goes back to like, if any students are listening, they need to take it upon themselves to go out and get that digital experience and yes. digital education, whether it is through Skillshare. Like you take your traditional knowledge of type and all of that stuff that you're learning in school and you, you should be paying attention. Uh, and then you go to Skillshare, you reach out to people at agencies that are in your local environment, and then you kind of try and learn digital that way. Yeah, I, I don't think you could have summed it up better because literally like as we were talking, I started feeling like, all we're saying is like negative things yeah. about this. Like, so what is the solution? Yeah. And 100% it is, it is that. It's like, there is a lack, there's a gap in between what's provided and what you need. So if you're really serious about this, you need, you absolutely have to take that extra step. Yeah. You, there is no one that's gonna hand you that knowledge of what is actually 
like required of a really high demanding agency or any in-house position, like how, whatever route you want to take in the digital design realm in general, and you have to 100% take it upon yourself to take that extra effort and look into those other resources out there to make you an expert in what you're trying to do in yeah. the digital. That was like the one constant I've seen with every successful designer or every designer here, every designer at any agency that I respect, it's that they took it upon themselves. They had some self-drive to bridge that gap because our industry does have that weird gap of like, you could graduate school and be a barista. You can graduate yes. school, work at a print shop. You can graduate school, work at an agency. You can graduate school, work at Google. You can graduate, like there's this weird breadth of things that you can do as a designer when you graduate school. And the only way you can bridge that gap to get to the, uh, to get where you want to get is to uh, reach out and yeah. to seek out mentors, to look at inspiration, to update your taste, to understand what people are looking at at that time. If, if you're passionate about it and school's not doing it for you, like what are you doing to fulfill yeah. what school's not giving you? Yeah, I'm, this is the one unique industry, like going back to what Andrew said is like that, if you can prove what what like your skill set is, like why, why are you smiling or whatever? <laughs> it, it did, it's a mo it's a mo it's very personal. It's very, it's very, it's very, it's very personal I'm conversation. I'm because I spent $60,000 on school, man. <laughs> I didn't need to. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's like, it's what works for you. Like for yeah. you, Ryan, like not going to school was perfect for you. No, I went I know to that, school. I know that for, well, like, <laughs> I went to, I you went to a business prestigious school, business but then school. the stuff you learned about design, like you did it on your own, right? Correct. Right, so and I went to I went to school for specifically design, and I don't think I could have done it without school. But at the same time, I so, kind of did it without school. Well, like there, there's no right way well, see, to get into. No, yeah. no, no, no. The it's question not, is, it's not what where to tell you working. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's, it's not like it's you. not like in other industries where you can just go to Harvard, get a law degree, so for, yeah. get into for a good example, law school. It's my not wife like that. is a psychologist. Yeah, she has Bragger. been in school for. <laughs> ever. She has gotten her master's, she's gotten her PhD, then she has to take a national test, then she has to take a state test. If she moves out of state, she has to take a different state test. It's like we have that one lucky opportunity in this industry, like even architects have to have yeah, exams. They, they like as creatives, we have this one lucky opportunity that we can prove out of our sole effort that we can do something without any sort of like board or it's exam weird. explaining that we have It's like the most tests. the most human weird industry because it's more about like the survival of the fittest. Exactly. As opposed to it being about like, I just like worked hard, worked hard, worked harder, did this, did this, and without having the raw skill. Like it's, you have to have. It's an effort-based industry. Yeah. Schools should have mandatory internships first off. Um, yes. But if they don't have mandatory internships, students should take it upon themselves 
to get internships because yes, that is how you're going to get that real world, real life experience. You can have the mentors, you can have friends, you can have all these people, you can be studying on your own, you can do Skillshare, you can be in school taking all the great classes, but without the internships, you're not going to get the real world, up to date experience that's going to help you get the jobs you want or even help you progress as a designer and a creative and help you be even self-satisfied. And internships also help you define where you want to be as a creative because you can do an internship that you hate and then you're like oh i don't want to do that then you can do an internship that you like in a field that maybe you didn't think you wanted to be in and then you fall in love with it you have to make yourself uncomfortable in yeah. a way like yeah. coming to the behance review for me it was uncomfortable because i'm a very very shy person and i just did it and i liked it i liked you guys and i'm like cool like let's let's try this out but you have to make yourself uncomfortable like if you're that passionate about what you're doing, if you think design is what you should be doing, you gotta make yourself uncomfortable to know if this is what you should be doing. And if it is, you'll you'll find a way. It's an industry of uncomfort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I learned that now. And I think as we're talking about this idea of internships, it even brings up this this other topic of like, what is an internship? What should an internship be? How do we, because this whole conversation was really about like, how do you prepare the next wave of creatives and designers? And a part of that is not only schooling, but then also as we roll into this idea of internships, what is an internship that prepares the, the next wave of people? It, it, there's a lot of different ways to get good insight on what your, your skills are lacking or not. But if you could give like one like major fucking tip to, well, to somebody, what would you tell them? Well, it's on, to me, it's on the reverse side, which is like we're saying like students should fill in that gap, right? Um, to gain those skills. As we've been talking and as we've been planning out our internship, it's almost like we should take a step to help fill in that gap for the students. We understand, we know the challenge, they're not learning digital. As an agency, we do digital. If we like their taste and we like what they do, we should try and help fill in that gap because we have an understanding of digital and act as teachers um, and not just bring them in and just have them do grunt work necessarily. But yeah. An internship should be something, especially if you're bringing somebody in digital, uh, an internship should be something where you're actually educating, you're spending time with yeah. them, you're mentoring them. Yeah. Maybe you're even having classes every once a week where you're kind of taking them through the process of digital instead of just throwing them on a project, having them get coffees, having them do grunt work because they're not necessarily gonna learn or understand what digital is even after that. Following up on what you're saying, I, have, I guess kind of three three kind of things I would tell people. Number one, one internship isn't good because you might get an internship at a place that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing yeah, when they're yeah. setting up an internship, right? It's not gonna be a good internship, so get two or three or yeah. as many as you can possibly get where you can get some real world experience. Um, number two, learn business strategy and how to articulate that in terms of what you do with design, right? Be able to connect to people and understand what their business objectives are and really, um, learn how to articulate that verbally in their design. And that kind of ties into my third piece of it is learn your fucking soft skills. Learn how to present your work, learn how to argue your work, learn how to speak and communicate with people. Do not sit in a room all the time and not and be afraid of like talking to people because it's so important to be able to 
talk to your clients. If you're gonna freelance, you better be able to talk to clients. If you're gonna work in an agency, you better be able to articulate and argue your ideas and stand up for what you're gonna say and, and argue them in a really positive way. Yeah. Soft skills are so damn important. They're, I would argue that they're more important than your hard skills to some extent. Yeah, it's so, like being able to tell a story around your creative work. Exactly. It's weird, like when I was in college, I actually had the idea of like, I, I did one presentation where I didn't speak. Where it was like, I was like, look, no one's gonna be there when they actually see the work. Like, no one's gonna be there in the store when they see the packaging to explain the packaging to them. So I'm gonna let it set like that. Yeah. Like, you're gonna see it as the customer. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but then like, I just realized like, as you get into the real agency world, like that worked in school. But then as you get into the agency world, you're not presenting to the people who are actually gonna be seeing it. You're yeah, presenting exactly. to the client. the client. And the client is somebody who needs to understand, as we were talking about in our last conversation, which is like, they need to understand the reasons, the whys, the stories, like what makes this work versus what makes it not work. And it can't just be talking about, hey, I use red, because red is cool and pretty. It needs to be more about- I, I like needs, wearing red t-shirts. Yeah, it needs to be the presentations and the soft skills and all that stuff is super important. It needs to be based in strategy. Like that is probably the best. Yeah. And like, honestly, like I probably get so many weird looks when I tell people I'm an interactive designer and I went to business school, but I'm like, dude, I guarantee you I learned more in this setting in business school than you probably did at the Art Institute. You just have to have that mindset of like, I'm going to this company to learn. I'm going to this internship to learn and be open to that feedback because that is a big piece, especially here. Like we get feedback randomly, just walking around like Ryan was saying. Some people sit on peninsulas or we sit on this, we sit in this like open area and we just walk around and just like, hey, what you working on? What's that? And then we just give feedback, even if it's unsolicited. And that sort of thing has to be welcomed and yes. open to, especially if you're in an agency that wants to make things better. And also just keeping in mind, and this is something we always say, we're not artists at all. Artists create for themselves and they can do that. And they can sell their art for a million dollars, a billion dollars, or they can sell their art for nothing and be starving or you're a designer and you're creating for other people. And that's what we're doing. We're creating for other people, we're creating for companies, we're trying to create the best solution. And then understanding that helps you take that feedback a little bit better because you understand that the person who's giving you feedback isn't being malicious. They're not being, they're not trying to break you down. They're trying to, um, they have an understanding of the client just like everybody else does, a different perspective of the client and they're trying to give you that feedback and trying to mold something that's going to be best for the client's experience. And of course, each person, again, with those soft skills can begin to argue and uh, have, have sort of this back and forth of like, I did this because of this yeah. and maybe you should change this because of this. But as long as it's all based in sort of this reasoning and this foundation of like, it's coming from, this is what the client's goals are. <clears throat> you maybe need to change this because this is this. Yeah, it comes back to strategy. As long as that feedback is based on strategy and not necessarily based on just some personal preference, then it's always valid. And just in general, creatives coming out of college, that's one thing that you don't typically see, right? Like you don't typically see that strategy-based feedback because when you're presenting work in school, there's no strategy. There's no yeah, reason the for thing. doing why you do yeah. what you do. That's the problem. Like, that's what you miss. Pure, it's like, but like, like going back to like someone walking by your computer and like, like, hey, what are you working on? Like, it's almost like you have to challenge it. Like, and especially in school too. Like, 
I was at a moment where sometimes I challenged my own professors and I think that that's super important because yeah. especially like if your professors aren't in the field, they're not getting up to date, like how can you like immerse yourself, be part of like get on brand new, get on like all these blogs, yeah. get on like just see what is out there current now. And like, how can you challenge your professor? Like that's gonna get you so far. Yeah. And that'll get you comfortable with, once you get into the work setting and you walk by someone's computer and if you see something that maybe they didn't see, you can go up to them and tell them like, hey, like I'm gonna challenge you. Like yeah. this looks yeah, to me right. like that or like. If you, that's if, a good if you get yeah. in the mindset of best answer, not best artwork, yeah. you will always be in a better position. You know, and, and cause how many times we've been here and. The thing you think looks best almost never wins. Yeah. It's always about what makes the most sense. Because aesthetics are visceral. It's yeah. just like this instinct that you have, but it's totally unreliant on the best solution. Yeah. It's what your personal preference It's preference. Is. It's opinion, yeah. yeah. And I think to go back a step, what you were just saying also ties into what Andrew was saying, which is this idea we're gonna keep on coming back to this idea of soft skills, which is like, you shouldn't wait to perfect your soft skills till you get a job. You should start working on your soft skills now with your professors, convincing them of the work you're doing based on reason, based on strategy, because oftentimes their feedback they, is not necessarily they have gonna be a based set on. Idea. Yeah. They, they have a set idea exactly. that might be 10 years old, that might be five years old, exactly. that might be in the now, but like, what are you doing to challenge them? Yeah. Is like, are you gonna be wrong? Are you gonna be yeah. right? What if you're right? And that always that also prepares you for when you get into the agency environment, which is a lot harsher than your your classroom. And then even when you're in your classrooms, just saying like, <laughs> "Hey, give me the hardest feedback you can. What do you see that's wrong?" As opposed to asking, "What do you see that's good?" Don't look for good feedback as a designer, no. especially in school. Like, but look for the harder, harshest feedback. I feel like feedback. platforms like Dribble have turned into this like good job it's wow. a stroke fest. <laughs> yeah it's a stroke fest it's like it originated and yeah you might have uh gotten something solid but now it's just like you've got twenty thousand followers dude I fuck, dude because you got to think about like anybody who's a follower loves your work which means they're going to always give you compliments even on dribble like anybody who's a follower loves your work if you have like fifty thousand followers you're gonna have three thousand likes and then you're gonna have like 30 comments 30 comments are gonna be like, I love your work because it's 31 of your top yeah. followers is what like, it's set up for. Like Dribble is set up for like, I share my work, I get feedback. But That's not what like, it is. I, I think, no, okay. What's really interesting about Dribble having fans, having a community of like, you know, having a, a Dribble like sect of fans is similar to like having a restaurant, right? Where you deliver a product that everybody always wants the same all the time. And the moment you step outside of your comfort zone, like the moment you try and really be an artist that's really doing a good job and really good at applying the same principles to new ideas, then you don't get the same kind of love, right? It's, it's in, in a restaurant industry, people are like, why are you changing the menu all the time? So what's important is that you don't like, you can't play to your, like to specifically what you've done that's done a good job, which is why what you were saying, Gladys, is you have to come up with new ideas, look for, look for more feedback and always exploring um, different approaches towards doing things. Be, embrace bad feedback whenever you hear it a million all the time, fail all the time, that's fine. But honestly, just expect to eat shit sometimes. You're gonna, you're gonna get up there and you're gonna eat shit and that's fine. 
Like, I, I don't think I ever grew more than the first time I ever heard like 90% of your book sucks. Like, you know, then I was like, I had no stronger reaction to ever be like, I will never fucking suck again. You know, like like that, and uh, it, it's important to do because that that feeling of discomfort, stepping out of your comfort zone, like you were saying, Gladys, is it's just it's the only way you grow. It's the only way you grow, and and look at like new ideas and 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 express what you think in different ways. And so, like tie back into that, like I think compliments are important because you know what you're doing right. Like, but don't just give a compliment just to give a compliment. Like, tell the person what they're doing right, but also tell them what they're doing wrong. And if, if they're a good designer, they're willing to accept that they're doing something wrong and they're willing to learn. Um, like I know this example, like I saw Armin Witt talk and he was saying how he showed some of his like first work and it was, it was bad. Like he, his type was not like as good as it is now. And he said that someone actually told him like, what is this like, you could fit a bus in there about his tracking and instead of like, crying about it, like getting bummed about it. He was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna learn everything that I need to learn about typography. I'm gonna make it good. I'm gonna be good at this. And like, he did it and he's successful now. And I think it says a lot about who you are. And if, like I said, like if you're passionate about this, like you'll take the feedback, even if it's negative, even if somebody says I don't like it, like make them give you a reason why they don't like it and then see how you can make it better. Like see what you can do, like what are you doing wrong? How can you make it better? How can you progress? Final, final tips, final tips? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say like, um, I just wanted to like reiterate not to like take anything out of these like design platforms. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, I feel like sometimes I come across as a hater. Definitely not a hater. But outside of that, I would say utilize those resources, but promote making those environments uh, more controversial. Sure. You know, push, push your opinions and stop making them so polite. Um, obviously, don't be a dick. Uh, there is a professionalism to criticism. It's not a visceral response of, I don't like something. Uh, give a reason why something works, give a reason why something doesn't work, and offer uh, strategic advice as to what you think could be done better. And then on the flip side, people who are getting that advice don't think they're trolls. Yes. Because I feel like that's the initial response, since it's such a platform, or these platforms are all based on like everybody giving love that when somebody does give some critical feedback, then everybody's like, that person's just a troll. Yeah. Be open. Like, you might not agree to what someone has to tell you, but just be open. Like, try to put yourself in their shoes. Like, mm -hmm. where are they coming from? Why are they giving you this criticism? Like, are they right? Mm -hmm. or do you still stand by the reason that you did what you did? Yeah, you can always fight it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, big, big tip to anybody, like what I used to do in school is, Google fucking art directors at agencies you like or at places that you like, email them, tell them that you're a student because people will help out students. Send them your work and ask for your feedback because the, the most valuable thing you can do is get perspective on your things and don't rely on your school environment to be the one that are gonna give you that critical feedback because I doubt that they're gonna change that and, and definitely learn soft skills. Learn how to communicate your point of view 
and do it tactfully. Like when you're giving people negative feedback, do it in a way like like Ryan was saying, not not as a dick. <laughs> you know, come up, just just are if you're gonna give feedback, you better have some fucking support behind why you think it's wrong. So so learn how to communicate your your thought process and why you think it's good or bad or indifferent, whatever. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Uh, yeah, guys. So, anyways, I think that does it for episode four. Until um, next time, peace out. <laughs> Gooder.